0: Spotlight with me, Ruth Medjber. I'm still broadcasting from Paris, would you believe? It's cold and wet in January and I've decided to take myself away to Paris for a few weeks and I am staying in the cultural centre of Ireland, in the heart of Paris. I'm a little bit in love, let me tell you that, but... I am missing Irish music, <laughs> totally missing Irish music, so I have been keeping up to date with all of the brand new Irish bangers that are coming out week by week. And over the next two hours, I have a show stuffed full of genres crossing, age gap spanning, everything you can think of all different types of music just for you. Um, I've also, very excitedly, got a fantastic interview with one of the residents here in the CCI. Her name is Annie Ryan. She's an exceptional director and actor. And she sat down at the kitchen table and we had a lovely chat about her illustrious career. I want to start off things right. As always, we play exclusively Irish music here. And you know why? Because the island of Ireland is bursting bursting at the seams with bands and musicians who are incredible one of the bands that I always play here on the show I saw them play live at an Irish music showcase there a couple of years ago and I was blown away I was blown away by the, their energy and how tight they were as a band I'm talking about sprints I love sprints everyone should love sprints even if you know even if it's not your cup of tea you should just love that a band is out there doing new things and you know just doing what they're doing. Here is Sprints with Little Fix. the incredible sprints with their song little fix do you like new irish music yes you do you are in the right place this is a jam-packed two hours full of brand new irish music uh now ordinarily we would have an arts and culture city guide. This is usually your one-stop shop for all things to see and do in Dublin a city and beyond. However, it's January. We're going to take a break. Things are quiet. It's time to reset. Yeah, let's just like reprioritize your life. Stay indoors. Get cozy, you know, chill for a bit. I'm in Paris. I don't have an events guide for you, but I will next week. Next week, we're back where we're supposed to be usual schedule usual programming but for now let's just continue on with the brand new irish music this is last apollo with their song reservoir
1: i stay up late every night with my best friend he is the one who i tell when i'm sad i lie awake every night he is the one me as I run around the reservoir looking for a hedgehog. He'll stay by my side till my lips turn blue. I- I'm Off by the reservoir.
0: That's loud. That's noisy. That's Wen young with shame train. Oh, what a gorgeous little outro as well. Um, you are hearing brand new Irish music because that's all we play here on Dublin City FM Spotlight with me, Ruth Medjbar, every Wednesday from two to four. I collect in my on my travels on my massive amounts of hours of research. I I troll through the internet and the emails and everything that everyone sends me and I gather together the best blend of Irish music that represents Ireland right now. That is what you are listening to and I hope you enjoy it. If you are a recording artist or you know someone, there's someone in your life that's putting out banging tunes and you're like, they should be on the radio. Well, Send the songs to me. Spotlight at Dublin City FM is where you will get me. Spotlight at Dublin City FM.ie, I should say. Um, send me some tunes. This is a community radio station. It's built around you. It's built around you and what you love. The places you like to go, the people you like to hang out with. Send us all the stuff. It's all good. Okay, I'm going to shut up and play some new Irish music. This is Lilac. L I L A A C. Am I pronouncing that right? I'm going to go with it Lilac with Purity. by Lilac, L-I-L-A-A-C, so great news in the Irish music scene, David Kitt is back and he is back with a banger, <laughs> I love David Kitt so much, I mean he just brings out some great tunes under his own name of David Kitt and then New Jackson as well, anytime you see him on a festival lineup you know you're in for a good time, good skin, good soul, Great songwriter. Um I also believe he had a residency here where I'm sitting in the cultural centre of Ireland in Paris. I must look into that actually. I feel like David Kitt is roaming the halls of this place as I as I'm about to press play on this track. I'm gonna take two in a row from Kit sir. I'm gonna play one that I particularly love off The Big Romance because who doesn't love The Big Romance? You know, even the bar that has its namesake down in, te- in town. I mean, even that's a beautiful place, but great sound. Oh, I'm just in love, just in love. Here is David Kitt, two in a row. One oldie, you know what I want to know, and then we're gonna go straight into his brand new song called Wishing Well.
1: Dublin City FM.
0: was the brand new track from David Kit, uh, which I think you can all just agree is a true return to form. Not that he ever lost his magic, to be honest. Oh, okay, let's keep it Irish, keep it lit. <laughs> this is an artist I have come across on a playlist, I don't know much about them. Their name is Abe Sower S-O-A-R-E, and this is their track, Oasis.
1: Take me to the beach, run my hands along the sand. Be my referee, tell me I will understand. Been a cold, dark night in the desert.
2: me back to
1: love been a cold dark night in the day I'm out
0: Our very own superstar Alva ready with her brand new Irish track that was called Last to Leave. It's off her forthcoming album, which will be out in March this year, and we are so excited for it. Um, onwards, uh, upwards, and to our next band. This is Driven Snow with Flickers of
3: You. She Side. Okay.
0: Driven Snow with their new song Flickers of You. Now, onto an artist who only has one song, from what I can tell. Um, her or their name is Dollface and are sad songs, Babyface. Dollface is the musical project of Dublin-born Amy Rose who has been writing songs since she was a teenager and she pretty much looks like she is a teenager still. Honest to God, the talent coming out of Ireland is unbelievable, I'm so impressed. Here is her first, her, her debut song, her only song on Spotify, this is Tired.
2: And it always feels like time is running
1: out You may ask, but time is running out for not sure
0: You feel safe in the knowledge that irish music is in great hands if that's what the youth are up to today so impressed that was dollface with tired um now as i'm broadcasting from paris i thought i might be a little bit homesick i did it's three weeks away from my beautiful fair city of dublin but i'm kind of loving it i really am kind of loving it who's to who's to say why won't i stay forever here <laughs> What if I could? Here is Nell Meskel with an aptly titled brand new song called Homesick.
1: Side in a hotel lobby, rich kids with all the trimmings, their outfits hurt my feelings. Oh well, I should probably send you a postcard.
0: go home yet. <laughs> so true. I don't want to go home yet and I have to go home today back to glorious Dublin that I love so much. That was Nell Masco with Homesick. We're going to take, take the temperature down in a little bit now as we come to the top of the hour on this Wednesday afternoon in Dublin's Fair City. This is Arborist with Dreaming in another language. Parlez-vous Francais? Because I don't. <laughs> Not
4: yet. Sometimes these are the best dreams I've ever had, like a sparkle of crystals in the palm of my hand. They're not real, I understand, but oh, so much. Are- time to be sure of the difference between all this place and reality but i have stopped wondering oh which one On a cool Irish evening, it's threatening to turn. Like I threaten to turn. I'm always threatening to turn. Drawing in in the clutches of a crippling dead. Yet in some ways, I hold it. Is a mark of success. I'm producing my best. They just don't pay me. Find out
0: As arborist with Dreaming in Another Language. How bloody beautiful was that, right? Just a nice six minute banger to kind of ease you into the middle of the week. <sighs> Speaking of which, we usually take time out here to play poems on the radio because everyone needs a bit more poetry in their life, right? I mean, I do. But I don't have any poetry. But what I do have coming up in the next hour is an incredible interview with actor performer director all-round sounder that i've gotten to know here um in the cci in paris her name is annie ryan and she sat down with me at the kitchen table downstairs and we had a good natter that i think you will find interesting we talk about everything we talk about being an artist we talk about how her mum ran away from a convent it's all there (laughs) but for the next couple of minutes before i bring you to the news i want you to take stock of your life Take stock of all the good things you've got going in on. If you've got your health, then be thankful. If you've got your family, then be thankful. If you've got a cup of tea in your hand, then be thankful for that. Um, this is a band or an artist called Nogi Mix. Uh, with Old Crook, N-O-G-Y-M-X. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. Anyway, he hails from Ireland, but currently based in South Korea, and he crafts ethereal soundscapes that transport listeners to a realm of chill. That's what we want. That's what we're after. This is One Night in December.
1: Sit back and enjoy.
0: hope you're nice and relaxed and chilled on this Wednesday afternoon in Dublin city and I hope you're enjoying the show stay with us after the news where I am going to bring you a little interview I recorded just a couple of days ago at the kitchen table with director actor good friend beautiful soul Annie Ryan Annie Ryan, thank you so much for taking time out of your beautiful schedule here in the Irish Cultural Centre in Paris to come and talk to me today. Wow. How are you?
5: I'm good. Yeah. Yeah, I'm good. Uh, you're here on
0: a residency, an artist residency. How long are you here in Paris for?
5: I'm here for the month of January. Uh, so the idea is that. If you get the residency, then you can come for three months. Mind you, they only offered me one month.
0: I so think I think it, they have
5: it, like a backlog from COVID.
0: Yeah.
5: Um, so apparently I can apply again. And then I thought I might as well just do it in January because I don't really know what's in store for me for the rest of the year. So I thought I might as well do it and get it over with kind of thing. <laughs> but, um, but it does mean that... So I'm here for the month. I did go home for a funeral in Mayo yeah. for one of my cousins, which was unbelievable like i'd done the dublin funeral thing but the, the mayo funeral What's, things on a whole other level was it huge oh my was god it? It was huge
0: your cousin of course was just this immensely well-respected journalist
5: yeah Ailish O'Hora. Yeah. Uh, so anyway terrible um yeah. terrible tragedy really like but a great sh- send-off an amazing send-off, like extraordinary. Yeah. And they, they must be all exhausted a week later, you know? So
0: you're here just on a very short stint, a month, yeah. and then you had to interrupt that with you know, with a, a life break, essentially. Mm. We'd all love to come and sink into Paris life and be an artist. And really, I think the, the point of this residency is that you're supposed to just disconnect from your other
5: life and sink in and get to grips with what you're doing. But then life pops up, right? Sure. And also, like... You're supposed to do something when you're here. <laughs> I, mean, I am kind of doing something. So, you know, when you propose to come, mm. you know, you're talking about what work you're making. So I'm in transition after a very long career in theater. I, my company, uh, The Corn Exchange, which kind of exists still sort of. And you founded that in 1995, right? That's a huge achievement. Yeah, it was a long, it was a long um, old road. And it's still like, I can kind of revive it when I want. I bought the name for 20 quid. (laughs) But but the company was cut by the Corn Exchange, uh, cut by the Arts Council in uh, a couple years ago. And so we had to kind of fold the whole like proper operation, which was a lot of work and kind of mad for anyone that's
0: listening that might not be familiar with what the court exchange is and what you do give us a little brief kind of
5: line of what it was or what it is or you know what it's going to be (laughs) so it's uh, a theater company that is based uh, that where the work is based in ensemble practice so it was very much about running people around a room and embodying character in a really deep way and oftentimes finding story from that but we also just did plays that exist but in sometimes a very stylized form, which was like a v- very highly physicalized, emotional um, kind of expression of uh, emotional states. Uh, sometimes in kind of wild makeup, but then sometimes it wasn't, didn't really look like that, but it was still deeply embodied. Okay. Um, uh, we made all kinds of stuff, kind of from site-specific original work to um, you know Beckett and yeah. I mean Tennessee you, Williams yeah
0: and, you've done loads
5: with it absolutely <laughs> yeah. loads and so like
0: 1995 is such a journey ago mm. and now you mentioned that you're in a transition period
5: what's yeah uh, do
0: you feel like you've come to the end with that kind of that role in
5: your life that part of your life that career and now you want to try something new Well, it's a tricky one because I'm a theater maker, really, you know, Mm. or at least I have been. But then who are we anyway? Like when you pause for a moment and go, you know, like, so I've been wrapped up in the identity of being a theater maker, being a director. You know, I was a performer. I'm sometimes a performer again. I was going to say what's with the past tense, because you're still a performer. Sometimes.
0: No,
2: yeah, absolutely.
5: Annie, like I I'm,
0: could. I, you are, because oh, we have a shared mutual connection, and everyone listening to this show will know this artist. You are in Dahi's music video. That is true. What? The,
5: that like, was so mad. You dark horse, you. Well, that was a real <laughs> surprise, because um, Michael... Uh, David, Michael David McKernan yeah McKernan rang me up and said Do you want to be in a music video and I was like yes are you serious like but I was a little bit cuz and then I I listened to the song and they had a promo that they had made about kind of what they thought the video would look like and there was of course this young girl in it about a breakup and I thought I'm in my 50s are you like, you want me to get into the water? Like, are you sure? Anyway, it was such a laugh. It was really fun. But it it has been a while. Like, I don't have an an acting agent anymore. You know, I sort of basically, over the last kind of five years, well, actually, the Arts Council and the agent went in the same month. It was really oh. odd. So I got the announcement that they were cutting all my funding, which, by the way, I think was a kind of weird moment where there was a change in policy... And they were able to just yeah. get me then. But if it if it had been the year afterwards, it wouldn't have happened. They couldn't I couldn't have done it.
0: That's really tough. No. It was
5: really tough because that was um, my. I kind of filtered all of my creativity into the company. So whatever, and and I was, and now and am interested in making work that really celebrates women's voices and women's experience. So this was a program I was proposing that was entirely female work. with uh, partnering with this great young company called Chaos Factory, you probably know, as well as doing all this adaptation work with Emily Pine. And anyway, it was really a great program, but it just, you know, wasn't strong enough. or I think they didn't ring fence enough money around this one grant. So a lot of other people who got a lot less than what they asked for that particular year. In any case...
2: But I, I was to never say. gonna.
5: I was also very frustrated with the model. So the truth of it is, I was kind of for the last maybe five years at the company, I've been feeling like I needed more support for really what I wanted to do, mm. and the kind of delivering a show every year. I know it sounds like you should be able to do that, and I did do it, but. You know, you're always balancing about five projects at the same time, and some of them come to fruition, and some of them don't for all kinds of reasons. So I was always saying to the Arts Council, like, okay, we said we were going to do this one, but here's how this is really going to play out. Because the grant was really small, so it was like enough to deliver kind of one show with a small cast, say and then develop a number of other things in a small way, but not a big no. development. Like not enough to really throw a lot of actors in a room for a significant amount of time, you know, so it, it was it was a tricky one and you know, there wasn't much of an infrastructure. I'd one other person helping me on a two day a week basis yeah. and I had a lovely board like they were fantastic so I'm not complaining but I definitely was feeling the crunch yeah and feeling like I wanted to expand and that I couldn't it was probably all in my head I probably really could have expanded everybody was going you can do whatever you want with this company but for some reason I I felt really strangled so but I was never going to fire myself from that little full-time job yeah so the rug was pulled from under me which is no fun let me tell you but
0: not when it it's your gift. primary source of income and you've, you've yeah, driven yeah. loads of yourself into it Yeah, yeah. and that's you know I think a lot of artists will, will, will recognise themselves in everything that you're saying is that you do tend to tailor work towards where the funding is which is a ridiculous way of doing
5: these. I know it's a crazy way of doing things and yet it does help in some bizarre way I mean mm. to do those applications they do force you to Um, you know, make a budget, like in a way your show, whatever, and whatever medium it is, the budget tells you what the show is in a funny way, because you're like, okay, I need two weeks of development and say this bit. And then I need a break. I need to pay someone to do this bit. And this, this one needs video. I need about five actors. I need about five weeks of rehearsal. Not three, not four or five, you know. Yeah. And then you're like, oh, well, there's the show. You're realizing the scale of something when you're saying it in order to deliver a fantastic idea. Yeah. And then, so, I mean, it, it forces you into structure. Mm. So without having a structure, it's really like hmm yeah. I don't th-
0: I don't think I don't think people <laughs> really do now yeah. like
5: no one's like I don't have to deliver anything anymore except yeah. except the old bank balance is like you know <laughs> yeah going maybe you should deliver something Annie. yeah but well, no, I know I mean I've come to circle back to, to Paris I came with this idea my mother um my mother has this great story that was sort of a dinner party story where in the middle of a dinner party, she would go... Not that we had that many dinner parties, <laughs> by the way. It wasn't Love in your that kind of house. But anyway, <laughs> she would drop in um, the story about being a nun. And everyone would go, what? You were nun? And she goes, yeah, yeah. She was very savvy kind of New York woman. And um, you were a nun, Patsy? And she would go, yeah, yeah. And then she told the story about her escape, which was basically she was a nun in... Um, in New York City in the 60s, in this huge mansion opposite the Metropolitan Museum of Art, teaching art in this fancy school, the Marymount School. But it was pre-Vatican II, which means she was in like this crazy habit, like full on, you know, like she said, it was a linen habit to wash it. You had to unstitch it all. Ah! Wash it that's why she never did laundry afterwards, basically. She was like, No. She was like, I'm done. But uh she'd starch it, iron it, and sew it back together, you know. No, not doing that. So anyway, long story short, she decided to leave and um uh it was movie night. In the convent, and so she put on the first reel and legged it, and they went, "Where is she? And she was, oh, she must have gone to bed." But she had phoned up her brother-in-law to pick her up and like snuck out, and that was, right that was great. The she ran on away. Movie really nice I know it's such a great, and I thought that would be such a great thing to actually realize on film. Yeah. But, and then of course the story is much darker than that. It's not really that funny. She actually felt a lot of shame about leaving without telling anyone. She'd been there for 13 years. It's a really long time. So um, so I thought, well, that could make an even better film if it's not a kind of funny, like, Emily in Paris vibe, if it's got a whole other level. So, uh, So, so know, I came here yeah. with this idea of writing about this woman who kind of fictionalized version, who leaves that world... Only to then fall into a suburban marriage eventually, yeah. and realize that she's probably married the wrong guy, and so. But of course, it's very grim. Um, I like the dark work, but uh, but of course, she's only dead just about a year and a few months now. Your mother is my mom. Yeah. yeah. So I'm here in Paris. Like to try, every time I kind of open up the can of worms to try to write about it, I find myself either going what was she wearing on her feet? Like, what did she bring? Did she bring anything with her? Yeah. What's in the box? And of course, I can't ask her any of these questions, except if I do ask her, you know, like, well, Patsy, what yeah. were you wearing on your feet? Like, I get an answer from the ether. I mean, it, I am finding, like, with the dead ma, <laughs> like, <laughs> She's if you truth. say, I'm like, am I just making you up? And I get this feeling of like, oh, no, no. You will not believe what it's like on the other side. So I don't know. I am probably making it up.
0: But you but have then,
5: to. You have to live you know, through her. This is fantastic. Yeah. And of course, you know Paris is special for the both of you, right? You should... Yeah. She. She loved Paris, but she, and particularly this area, funny. She brought me here when I was sixteen, and then we went from here to Ireland for the first time wow. to meet all the cousins, all the Irish cousins. Um, a million years ago, in like nineteen eighty six, I think it was. And it was just on the brink of my first acting gig actually, where they had to ring me in this hotel in Connemara, where there were like two phones in uh, Clifton, like literally <laughs> the hotel and the, the town square. And somehow they got in touch with my dad, who got in touch with the cousins, la la la, and found me and I had to, like they wanted me to fly to LA to do a callback. It was, this was back in my glamorous movie days.
0: What was your, what was your first acting job?
5: Well, it, it was, wasn't was quite my first one, but it's in this early days. It was this movie that really didn't go anywhere, but it was called Three O'Clock High. But uh, it wasn't a great movie in the end, but <laughs> it had a lot of aspirations. It was really fun to do. Um, You've you know, been in to, some
0: amazing movies, though, right? I mean, well, do you want to drop that one? <laughs> Because like
5: when when you go onto your IMDb, I'm just looking at it oh going, "This is." I brought this up, which I can't believe, but anyway. You, yeah, <laughs> but this did. is a long time ago. You know, as a teenager, basically, there were a lot of people making movies in Chicago, which is where I'm from, and we. I was part of this incredible acting school, where the basis of the work was very much the work I've been doing in Ireland for all these years. So it, it's physical, it's improvisational, it works on impulse. It's not, I mean, yes, there's a little bit of the Stanislavski Method work in that you have to have some sense of what your character wants to do and all that. But it isn't that really, there's a, the Method School in New York is much more about like the intensity, of, like I have to be truthful. And that intensity often prevents people from being able to actually play anything. Mm. So I'm from this uh, more Chicago style work so when they started making movies teenage movies in Chicago with like John Hughes and all those people um, all of us were cast so like some people became really famous like John Cusack or whatever and then you know other people didn't like me <laughs> but anyway but this is a long time ago and I really could have followed him and all those other people out there but in in the late 80s I'd already had my Me Too experience and um, and other people were telling me about their ones. And, of course, in those days, we didn't even think of it as a Me Too thing. It was just the way it was, kind of. I don't know. But I, and I, I didn't have a kind of cognizant mm. sense of it, but I definitely was, like, afraid of the wolf kind of thing. And I was right, I think. You and I wanted to be were. in charge. I didn't want to be... And also, I wasn't didn't feel castable then. So I, I wasn't sort of tits and ass enough to be like you know I'm not shaped that way I'm also not that funny so I'm like I'm not the funny one I'm not like I could have maybe been they weren't really doing indie leads
0: yeah that I, yet I get it like you late, know late 80s was a very very yeah, particular yeah and into the,
5: the 90s fast. is now yeah. famous for being like the most misogynist time in Hollywood but even like one of the girls from the uh, it's the Piven Theatre Workshop so uh was the place I grew up in but um one of the actresses is Lily Taylor mm. who did amazing movies at that time but she often like she was in one movie where she had to like wear this big fat suit and she played this like ugly girl and you're like she was not ugly she was extraordinarily charismatic and interesting yeah. looking and you know she wasn't kind of Hollywood glam but she had a she had a really great career considering but well, at the think- time but Anyway, so my instinct was to, I wanted to go away. And I had been to Trinity already. And so I knew Dublin a little bit. And I knew that I had something to offer. Because all the work was like, people would stand on stage for like two hours and do a play and not move a muscle in their body. And they were so hungry to learn technique and to, you know, to train and to... Well, isn't that great
0: now that you can sit here with me all these years later and be
5: very proud of the body of work that you've done? Oh, yeah. I mean, even, you know, not everything totally hits the mark you think it's going to make, but that's a long trajectory. That's what happens. But what I like, even when watching other people's work, I don't really mind that as long as I can kind of feel the intention, not even cognitive, not even like know the intention, but that I can feel that there's a strong intention in the work. Mm. I don't mind if things go wrong. I mean, in fact, in theatre, there's almost nothing better when, like, something terrible happens, like a light fall. Well, not a light falls, but, you know.
0: I mean, this it's just fantastic hearing you talk about your journey to, mm. to get to this kitchen table here in Paris. And it's mm. really, it's interesting for me to hear of an artist that's in transition, you
5: know, that... Yeah, you, well, what now? So I, I kind of thought that I would, I felt... Because of the cut, and just because of the way it is when you're kind of steeped in Irish theatre for so long, mm. and look, it's full of the most amazing artists. So I love everyone in it. Like mm. I, and I feel so grateful to be part of that community, actually, and to be like, I don't know. There's something very special about theatre people. We're good at death. I always think because the, um, because the work doesn't last. You know, you do. You work like a dog. Get your play up. And then it's over. It's really probably never coming back. Like it's very rare for work to to be revived, you know. And even if like it, they the work has a life and mm. usually a really short one. And you have a grieving period. You know, it's not quite the same as I imagine writing a book or yeah making a film. Where the film, I mean, probably making a film is terrifying because. You know, it lasts forever. So all the mistakes you made are there to be seen forever.
0: You know. Do you think that, that could be a reason that you are kind of moving into uh, archiving some of your work as well? Because you want it to last. You want. Yeah, I on think to it, it's important.
5: It. Yeah, of course, it's really important to, for um, the archival work to exist. And I'm even thinking there might be a book about the practice, the practices I've sort of honed over all these years. Um, but uh you know i think you know just to leave something behind that can be of use to the people you know but and also i'm sure i'll make a play again but i do feel like we are at a time where um like i've been confused about the sense of my own value or the value of the work and the problem with the whole thing about grant aid just in ireland there isn't any other way really like there's, there is no philanthropic model, which in a way is kind of good because that's a whole other trap. Like in the States, there's no subsidy at all. It's only the philanthropic model. So what you do is you have your company and you hire four people to fundraise. You know, it's it's a whole other yeah. game and it's not great, not at all great for the work. But I think we get trapped in... With the idea that you know your grant level or you know what you are able to get out of people becomes your value, yeah. or or even you know probably in the on, in the screen world like your grade or whatever it is they have is the value of you and it just isn't like the work is so much richer than that. Um, but we are in a world that's so much, you know, the reward and the the bank balance and the the sense of achievement when really. I don't know. The gift, the gold uh, of the whole thing is making the stuff to begin with, like the joy of discovery in the process. Mm -hmm. And in theatre, that happens in a collaborative way. And in film, I imagine, too, where, you know, a lot of work gets gets set up to create a space where other artists come up with amazing ideas that you could never have thought of so I mean I think that's really that, the joy of directing is um, like you kind of set the space up for yeah. other people and like open the door to other people's creativity and then they delight you with like oh yeah okay that door. That direction, is, you know, Amazing. you're walking
0: into this space now. You're you're yeah. the artist coming yes. into the cultural center here in Paris. The space yeah. that's been set for you,
5: and now everyone's kind of like, "So Annie, what's next?" I know. <laughs> it is sort of like being I don't know. Yeah, it's like not like being an actor, but it remi- it's sort of like a reversal. Yeah, yeah. and. So, I don't know, I need to, I'm still very much in the winter, you know, I feel like it's still January. Yes. So, I'm trying not to give myself too hard a time about it, and the mother's only just in the ground short time, like, I don't have to rush this. And there's a whole bunch of other projects sort of simmering, so it's a bit of a mess in a way, but... I think that's probably true for a lot of people.
0: It is, and, and it, you know, you're in a perfect, like,
5: mm. perfect time to be in a bit of a mess, and mm. then you know, give
0: yourself time to just to just grow, and to, something will sprout in the spring. We'll see yeah. what happens. But you're definitely in that lovely period of transition that mm. I think a lot of people overlook,
5: and that we don't celebrate enough as artists. You know, well, but, even in the process, you need to go to the like in order for anything to actually happen. I like in in. the the teaching of the improvisation work um, which also translates into the work with text where you know what the next line is going to be. The practice is like to stand at the edge of that abyss and not know what's going to happen and step into the unknown. It's really 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 scary. So like my job as director and teacher is to like hold with great great care and go that's it come on step into the abyss it's okay you'll be held I think you know but that's exactly what it's like for all of us all the time
0: the way you're speaking now and I only met you like two weeks ago and I've loved meeting you I've loved hearing all your stories but you are such a nurturing person that I'm hearing this about your work and the way you handle actors and you handle you know like people who are creating work around you let's talk about your amazing family you've nurtured artists oh. in a different realm as well because you have kids that are out there now kind of n- not quite but nearly grown who are also incredible artists and who, who
5: have oh, no... One-, one is. Yeah. So my eldest boy is... Um- is not an artist and one time he, he said very firmly to our, our dear friend Andrew Bennett our beautiful actor friend who's in on Colleen Keown oh. we've been waiting for him to get his great film role for all these years and now here it is but um, anyway he said to Andrew years ago I'm not in the family business I mean, like I'm not in the theatre no, no no, I'm not. <laughs> and I just said but you are in the family business he said no, no, no I'm not, I'm not.
0: For,
5: but you're into rugby and Michael, my husband's Father was this famous international rugby referee, John West. So and our and Thomas said, oh yeah, I guess yeah, okay. So yes, that a is sense my of family. family. Yes, oh so that was lovely. So he's not firmly not an artist, but he's definitely a big rugby fan, like knowledgeable about rugby. And um, and then the younger one is Ollie, Ollie West, who who's like, you know, if we can get him through the leaving cert, it'll be. <laughs>
0: You don't need to get people through uh, the leaving cert, Annie. Just let go of that. I know. But he recorded an album by himself during lockdown at the age he of 16. Did. And we are going to play a tune from his well, this record.
5: Is, this is his second one we're going to oh. play. So he, uh, the album, the the first album is called We Can See Blue. And um, he, he dropped it. He wrote it all in about three weeks uh, around this girl who was sort of, he was interested in it wasn't interested in him instead of like burying himself in the sand in shame he wrote an album <laughs> it was just yeah. so funny so it's really so charming but this is his next one and um this one is called uh face down I the album yeah. and this is a track called what's
0: you called? you pick whatever you want you had picked obsolete but you know you can change you can change I, things the one what would you like to pick no regrets? I think we'll go with no, no regrets. regrets. Okay, Annie, we will
5: We will play out with no regrets. All right, West. Right, and I should say, too, that the riff in this song has also been used in... Um, so Ali is part of a little band as well in a school called pants on fire we won't call them a little Woohoo! band they're a great band well you know i'm the mass so it's all right they're 18 uh, so but and they're taking a break because they have to do the leaving insert love it um but uh you know i just think pants on fire like great you know hilarious but um <laughs> but so this is a riff that appears in one of their songs too um called medicine but um but this is the where it appeared originally. I can
0: I can hear the pride beaming out. He's of you. so
5: great. He's of he's course. you know.
0: And Kamara Annie, I've had such such a pleasure talking to you today in our little kitchen here oh, in the rude. cultural centre in Ireland. Yes. Uh, if people would like to hear more from you and follow your forward journey, where should they find you?
5: Do you have an insta? Or I'm on Instagram at Annie Ryan West, and uh, there is a Corn Exchange Instagram too. But I'm sort of We'll I go, feel like I should close that down. We'll really.
0: go forward then it's Annie but, Ryan and West. Annie Ryan West. Fantastic. Listen, I wish you all the luck in the world with the rest of your residency here, and Thanks, I can't man. wait to see what the next chapter of your career brings to us. Thanks, Ruth. Thanks,
3: Annie. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Heard no Regrets, probably the first time played on Irish radio, I'm not sure, that was by Ollie West, Annie Rhines' young Who <laughs> started making songs in his bedroom when he was 16 years of age, and is now, what, like a superstar, I think we'll call him that. Um, I'm going to play some Dahi next, because of course Annie was in a Dahi video, and if you should go and check it out, it's Sunset, it's directed by Michael David McKernan, like we said, and um, it's just glorious, it's just a woman who just... I don't know what you'd say. Goes for a swim, but has a bit of a rebirth. And sure, look, we're all into that. But I'm going to raise the beat a little bit here. I want to get your blood pumping. It's Wednesday. I know it sucks. But this is Dahi with Familial.
1: have a bit of a buck
0: you're sitting if you're driving in your car if you're sitting at your desk if you're listening back on podcasts did you have a bit of a bop yes and i hope you do know that if you've missed any part of this show or any interview that we've ever done or any live session we've ever done because that's what we usually do here on spotlight we do loads of live stuff you can listen back on podcast format wherever you pick them up whether it be spotify or apple or google i painstakingly add them every week so you can listen back to our glorious two-hour show <laughs> and of course if you are listening on podcasts then you're missing out the opportunity of listening live on dublin city fm <laughs> every wednesday from 2 to 4 p.m i'm gonna take a track from oh before i started talking you heard mild with dial in i figured that would bring us nicely from dahi a bit of a bop and we're gonna go to fa with loving girl right now before we nearly come to the end of the show loving girl by fa now this is my last few hours in paris how sad is that (laughs) i have loved my stay here in the cultural center of ireland on rue des irlandais i mean like (laughs) how perfectly apt of a name is that it's this glorious big building where artists and musicians and poets and writers and theater makers and people come to kind of chill out and hang out together and work together collaborate and meet up and open a bottle of wine and discuss things or maybe tuck themselves away and do some reading or whatever it is I booked three weeks here to save myself going mad in Dublin in January and I said you know what I'm just doing it. I'm just doing it. And I'm so glad I did because I feel restored. There's nothing worse than kind of trying to push yourself too much. And I'm very grateful that I could just run away, (laughs) which is fabulous. I have a mountain of work to get back to, though. So I will be coming back to Dublin City and specifically coming back to beautiful Dublin City FM. So the next time you hear my voice on the radio, I shall be in the glorious studios in Smithfield Square. I do fancy a little bit of a taste of Ireland though um, we went to a trad session here <laughs> the other night and it was brilliant and everyone was up and dancing and pretending they knew how to do to do everything <laughs> they pretend and they knew the words and pretending and they knew how to dance and I was one of them um, but yeah. I'm going to play some songs now that kind of remind me of ireland and in one way or another i don't know i feel like i can smell the salty sea air when i hear them um first off i'm going to play bad decisions blotted and kieran lavery
3: i have been making bad decisions i have been pulling it all apart Guilding consequence with fate again It's my myopic art I have been making bad decisions I've been hiding them from my friends I break things with impressive precision I'm not trying to make amends It's the way that we talk if we talk It's the way that we speak if we speak at all It's the way We don't speak
0: That was Blanid and Kieran Lavery with their track, but. Decisions. Um, Now, like I said before, and I'll always say again, this is a community radio station. It's your platform to get whatever it is you want across to the world. Use me. I volunteer to do this every week, (laughs) Um, and I enjoy doing it. I enjoy listening to everything that you send me, be it music or poetry, and I enjoy reading about all the cool stuff you're doing, like putting on performances and, you know, building new bookshops and opening this that and the other and yeah so tell me use me as your community notice board send me an email spotlight at dublincityfm.ie we're going to be back to our kind of regular format of interviews and musical performances and poetry readings and the all crucial event guide I will be your one-stop shop for all things happening in Dublin City and around Ireland. So just send me all your stuff here, keeping with my little flavour of Ireland. This is Joshua Burnside with Woven.
6: Woven through your head like black thread Tangling up everything you say Roll it in a ball for a kitten to play with Stretched on the floor The days long and the nights are long I'm sorry if I were Kronos Or Ichiok live inside me warm Safe like a baby, never born, never died Like a baby, never born
0: joshua burnside with his track woven we have come to the end of my show thank you so much for sitting with me over these last two hours i hope you have enjoyed the best new irish music that ireland has to offer i have definitely enjoyed playing it for you and i hope you'll join me next week from wednesday at two to four or listen back on podcast my name has been ruth Medjbar. you can find me online ruthless imagery is where you will find me on all platforms I'll say goodbye with this beautiful song by Neve Regan, Her Eyes Are a Blue Million Miles. Slán, and I will see you in Dublin.
2: I look at her and she looks at me In her eyes I see the sea And I don't
3: know what she'd see in me she says she loves me.
1: Her eyes, yeah, her eyes. Her eyes are a blue, mass Fire.